Hey everybody and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Schnegs Incorporated and one of the co-founders of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome to the show. We are but a humble podcast that would like to talk about movies, not so much in a pretentious way, but as if you are listening to uh, talking about movies with your best good buddies. And of course, I'm joined by my best good buddies. You know them, you love them, and I'm about to introduce them. First up, we got the man, the myth, the legend. It's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hey, folks at home. And of course, you know her, you love her. She's ever so lovely, ever so talented. Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hello, folks at home. Audience, a lot has happened uh, since we were last on the air. There was a great plethora of trailers that came out. So, of course, we're going to have another trailer roundup for you tonight. Uh, Netflix released, uh, it was actually, ironically, it was the same night as these trailers. Uh, Netflix released the Cloverfield Paradox movie. And it's been some time. So, the Statue of Limitations is over. We're going to give you a spoiler filled review of Cloverfield Paradox and talk about what the movie means because I'm still trying to figure out what exactly is the paradox and how it relates <laughs> to 10 Cloverfield Lane. That is not clear at all, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, and last but not least, it is filling the interwebs. Everybody's talking about it. Um, it it has already broken box office records on Thursday and it came out on it. It came out like today. The day we're recording this, uh, we're going to talk about Black Panther uh, in a in a spoiler free spoiler free review um, because if you have not gotten a chance to see Black Panther yet, um, you need to go see it. Uh, and we're going to tell you exactly our thoughts on the movie and just what we thought of it and what made it awesome or maybe not so awesome. You'll find out shortly. Before we begin our show tonight, I do have just a, a couple of housekeeping uh, things to go over with you all. Uh, so if you are not one of our normal subscribers, first off, what's wrong with you? This is the best film talk podcast that you are ever going to hear on the interwebs. So you don't want to miss a thing. All right. It's like that song from Armageddon. You don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> oh <my God>. um, <laughs> so... What we want you to do is, if you like the show, um, make sure that you subscribe to us, whether you're on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're everywhere. We're even on TuneIn now. Um, go listen to us. Uh, and if you really, really like us, why don't you rate us? Drop us a comment. Make sure you share us. Make sure that other people uh, know who we are, because the more people we get, the better our show can become. Uh and and we're actually on another platform with our Stardust ambassador here, Lindley Key. Uh, Lindley, can you explain to us uh, and to our, our audience what exactly Stardust is and and how they can and follow you and, and enjoy you? I sure medium. can. <laughs> um, so one of my big things is 
I have some friends who aren't always, you know, they don't go to the movies as often as I do. They don't watch a lot of TV shows like I do because, you know, I'm a nerd and a little bit obsessed. So I have a lot of people coming to me asking, like, what I thought of a movie, if they should go see a certain movie. And I found this app called Stardust. And it's this great app that lets me post my reactions, not long reactions, but just like short snippets of what I thought of a movie or a TV show or a trailer that just came out. So that way I can share with my friends and family what I thought of what I just watched. And they reached out to me recently. Um, This is this not sponsored exactly, but I have just become a Stardust superstar. So I wanted to give Ooh. them a little shout out and invite all of our listeners to join in on Stardust. Because it's not just you post your reactions you can see the reactions of your friends, of some really, like, high-rated critics. I'm talking Epic Voice Guy, Jeremy Johns, Chris Dunkman, Steve Zaragoza, my favorite, the Nostalgia Critic. They're all on this app. So I just, I really love Stardust. And I know, Marcus, nice. you just joined. I'm trying to get you involved, I too. I did. I did. I, I, dropped, uh, I dropped my... First, uh, first reaction to Black Panther, and uh, I'm hoping to I'm hoping to do a little bit more and try to focus more so on TV shows. To be quite honest with you, because mm-hmm. I feel like everyone does movies, um, or it seems like everyone tends to go for movies. I'm like, I want to be different. I'm gonna do some TV shows. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I love seeing um, the mix of just like what people review. Mm-hmm. I've got a good mix. I've got some of the Oscar stuff. I've got Black Panther. I've got Outlander because Outlander is my new obsession. Right. Um, <laughs> don't judge me. And yeah, you you can review whatever you want. And one of my favorite things about the app is you get to customize your profile and post a list of your favorite movies for everyone to see. So if there's any like-minded people, like I've said, some of my favorites is the 1925 Phantom of the Opera, the 1999 Mummy movie, Austin Land, (laughs) Wonder Woman, all of these. So I get to share my favorites. I get to share my thoughts. And it's just a great way to share reactions to the things you love. Yeah. And audience, and and I just want to make it per- perfectly clear. Um, not that I have to, but uh, Lindley is not getting paid for just I'm to not, say all this I'm nice really stuff. I'm really not getting paid. Um, she, it, this is this is an honest again, one hundred percent honest reaction to to this app. And like I said, I I joined last night. I was really digging it. I actually got a chance to watch a few reactions and it is a lot of fun um it's kind of addictive um especially right? if you are a uh, a fan of movies so be be careful it, it could be like your new snapchat <laughs> um but just for like movie geeks <laughs> but uh Lindley, we can't wait to see what you do on the show um oh, sorry on on the stardust app and uh yeah hopefully you can continue to get some more followers so make sure you guys follow her as well after you subscribe to us go over to stardust app download it and then go follow lindley yes i'm on stardust at little lottie that's uh little l-o-t-t-i-e excellent all right so steven lindley are you ready ready (coughs) i think so Oh, jeez, Stephen, calm down. Drink some water. We're losing him already. <laughs> Drink some water. Drink Gold some pool. water, Stephen. Let's prattle. 
Um, before we get into our, our trailer roundup, guys, we have got to talk about uh, good old DC. Um, I'm not going to count this as a go home DC, you're drunk segment. Um, just because we have so many trailers that we have to talk about. And of course, Cloverfield Paradox and Black Panther. So looking at DC and their just wonderful management of the DCEU, like I said, we're not going to spend too much time on this, but, uh, it has just recently come out. Um, and, and in a couple of channels, they're saying that this is still a rumor and certain channels are saying that the rumor is indeed true, but guys, it seems that Zack Snyder was actually fired, uh, from the DCEU, uh, during Justice League. What? I know. I know. It's like they didn't have faith in his vision anymore or something. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder why. This is impossible. How can this be? I think that's kind of wrong, though. Um, We talked about in the last episode uh, about the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League and, and, you know, whether or not it should be seen or, or whatever. And I feel like, I honestly feel like his vision still should have been followed through. However, having said that, um, I think they should have dumped Zack Snyder a long time ago. To be quite honest, I think after Man of Steel, I feel like that should have been the first red flag of maybe we want to find somebody else to head up our our cinematic universe because this was not our Iron Man one. This was not a slam dunk for us. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you guys think? I'm conflicted. Mm -hmm. I really am conflicted about this because while... I do, I'm not a Zack Snyder hater. I do like some of the things that Zack Snyder has done. And while I'm not a fan of his recent works, especially with the DCEU, DCMU, whatever you want to call it, I don't <laughs> think it is totally his fault. I really don't. Mm. Part of it is, but I think some of the blame also has to go to Warner Brothers itself. Yeah. The executives behind the decision may be making because they have final say. Mm-hmm. They really do. It's the big studio. It's their way or the highway. So, and especially with all the stuff going on in that man's life right now, I mean, I can't speak for him. Yeah. But of course. It, 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 I don't know. It kind of hurts. Kind of hurts. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, Stephen, what what do you think? You know, I mean, should he have? Is it fair that they fired him, or what? Yeah, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I'm kind of like I'm kind of there with Lindley a little mm-hmm. bit too. Um, wasn't it originally that he left because of his daughter? Yeah, like I thought that was the reason he left. Um, and I mean, you know, that's a terrible reason. You know, my opinions on his films aside, I mean, you know, that's a that's a genuinely sad thing to have to deal with. And mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean, I, I really don't know. You know, I think right now until I see some, you know, physical confirmation, I'm just going to kind of treat it like hearsay for now. 
but I do mm. agree too. They should have gotten rid of him a long time ago, um, a long time before we got to Justice League. Yeah, um, because I mean, you know, Man of Steel, you know, was supposed to be the foundation, and it wasn't a good foundation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as each installment came out, I think we saw just how rocky that foundation was. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I mean, you know, we got to be honest, Wonder Woman, I really feel like it only worked as well as it did, not just because of Patty Jenkins, but also because, I mean, it just didn't have to really rely on that foundation mm-hmm. just because of the subject matter and the storyline. You almost didn't really have to, uh, you know, treat it like it needed to rely on the others. Right. You know? chronologically speaking it takes place before everything else Mm -hmm. so and it it felt different too from uh the rest of the dceu you know where it's man of steel is so dark uh batman v superman is so dark suicide squad was so dark you know wonder woman was actually a fun movie to watch um even though it's you know it's it's a war movie you know it's definitely a war movie um it's still it's still fun to watch um and it was nice that the enemy was you know somebody that was clear cut like this is a bad this is a bad guy like we understand like there's a good guy there's a bad guy there's no gray area there's no like i'm a good guy and i'm a good guy let's fight um <laughs> or i'm a bad guy and i'm a bad guy let's fight um the the sides were clearly drawn in in Wonder Woman, which I think added to a success. Um, but I feel like that was not a Zack Snyder, you know, that wasn't his doing. No, that was no. that was Patty Jenkins's doing. Um, so, uh, like you like you said, Stephen, we we kind of have to treat this as hearsay until we get full confirmation. Um, but. This does mean that we're probably never going to see the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, which kind of sucks because it from what, you know, again, from what we've heard about it, it is a stronger version of Justice League. And I feel like one day we should be able to see it and decide for ourselves whether or not Zack Snyder was the best option or if he really was the worst option for the DCEU, you know? Yeah. But, guys, we've spent enough time bashing DC. Let's move on to the future. Uh, because there are some, there were some trailers that dropped, and so some are trailers. good, some are bad, and some were kind of meh. Um, so let's, uh, let's kick this off, uh, with Mission Impossible Fallout, uh, the latest edition in the Mission Impossible franchise. Uh, this comes right after Rogue Nation, which did you guys get a chance to see Rogue Nation by any chance? I, uh, I have seen before, parts of it, but not Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation is probably my favorite. Um, really? So I was really, yeah, yeah. I, I wow. think it it does what um, Spectre wanted to do, Ooh. um, and just like does it so much better. Um. Yeah, uh, and so it was nice to see that uh, Mission Impossible Fallout seems to be continuing the story um, from Rogue Nation. Hmm. 
but uh, I'm I'm still not quite sure on what exactly the plot is. I felt like the trailers for Rogue Nation like like clearly stated like it was an anti IMF that they were going up against, whereas this trailer um, didn't tell me quite as much other than like Ethan Hunt played by Tom Cruise is going rogue again. He's constantly being, he's, he's constantly being chased by his own by his own people, and I'm like, you know, eventually I feel that. America should just be like we should just trust this guy because he he's he's constantly fighting for us, um, but apparently they're not. They have James Bond syndrome where halfway through the movie, um, MI6 decides like no Bond is a rogue. Okay, <laughs> fine, I guess. I feel like you can still do your job and play by the rules, but that's what you that's have a license near, to kill, but that doesn't mean you need to use it. Right. <laughs> Looking at you, Quantum of Solace. Oh, Why did we have to bring in Quantum of Solace? But here's the here's the thing. I I think I watched the trailer once. Mm-hmm. I don't remember most of it, but you know what I do remember? What's that? I remember seeing Tom Cruise jump from one building to the next. And did you oh, see to. what happened <coughs> to that man's foot? Mm-hmm. Yep. They used that scene. They used that take. And I get it because it's the only one they did. But oh my gosh. It's hard to watch knowing mm-hmm. that that's real. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. about as real as you can get. Uh, what did you think, Steven? Yeah, I thought it was a really forgettable trailer. I mean, you know, I've got kind of a love-hate relationship with the Mission Impossible movies. Um, Some are pretty entertaining, and some are just downright confusing. Um, But, uh, yeah, it just, there were, I mean, there's the part where he's hanging from the helicopter, and that looks cool, but, you know... I thought the part where he was actually hanging on an airplane in the last movie was pretty cool. Um, or when he was scaling the tower yes, in Dubai. The, the, yeah, the Burj Khalifa. He, like, there was nothing in the trailer that really uh, captured that same level of awe. For right. Was it Dubai Just or Abu looked, Dhabi? Uh, is it what? Was it Dubai or Abu Dhabi? Uh, uh du- I think it's Dubai. Yeah. Okay. We'll fact check yeah. that later. Yes. Mm-hmm. Someone will um, someone will correct us in the comments. Yeah, oh, Dave? yes. It'll be Please, Dave. Dave. Hey Dave. <laughs> <laughs> hey Dave. Um I I will say though about the Mission Impossible <laughs> trailer, um I did have some critiques as far as their marketing for the trailer. Uh they made people yeah. really search for that trailer. Like, it came out during the Super Bowl. Like, they hyped it up, like, it's going to be during the Super Bowl. And then they only showed, like, part of the trailer. And they made us go online. And then they were like, you have to go online. Thing. Right. <sighs> and I feel like that is such a big waste of time marketing-wise. Like, okay, guys, like, like just just show us the trailer. Everyone else is. Everyone else is showing us the trailer. Um, 
during the Super Bowl, and for some reason they felt like they could not show us everything that we wanted to see, especially since, um, again, we when we talked about this on a, on a previous episode, um, and maybe when we start doing throwback throwback Thursdays, I can I can post it. But you know, we talked about the death of the gentleman spy, um, and how movies like you know The Born Identity, Mission Impossible, um, Kingsman, even these are these movies are being more successful than James Bond because they're fun and they use things that a modern audience can can really grab onto for some reason James Bond hasn't gotten there yet and i think Spectre really really showed the chink in James Bond's armor um but maybe after watching the Mission Impossible Fallout trailer i was kind of like Maybe Mission Impossible is the same way. Maybe we're just getting tired of the spy genre. And maybe it's time to let it rest for a little bit and then break it out later. Or reinvent the wheel in some way. Well, I think Kingsman did that. Yeah. No. You know, Kingsman kind of pokes fun at at the spy genre. And despite what people will say about the Golden Circle, I actually liked it a lot. Um, Not as much as Kingsman 1. But uh, I still thought it was a great, great spy flick. Um, but, you know, again. Yeah. <laughs> it's been interesting seeing, speaking of Kingsman Golden Circle, just yeah. to throw this out there, it's one of our nominees on some of our Butter Bowl, um, Butter Bowl Awards. So there yes, is still is. time for listeners <laughs> To go vote. If you if you agree with Marcus and did like Kingsman Golden Circle, there's still time for you guys to go vote. Mm-hmm. Very nice, Lonely. Way to sneak that in there. Thank you. <laughs> I've been working on my transitions. I've been working on it, and I'm glad one paid off. Real good. Good. <laughs> um, moving on. Moving on. Because like I said, guys, we have a lot of trailers to burn through. Um, this trailer just came across my keyboard. Um Steven pointed this one out to me, A Quiet Place. Um, and if you haven't seen it, it's uh, it's a horror movie, it seems, but like a, a, one, a new post-apocalyptic one, um, from what it appears. And it stars Emily Blunt and John Krasinski. So I was already sold um, as soon as the, as soon as the uh, trailer started. And for those of you who haven't gotten a chance to see it, um, like myself, uh, essentially, the entire movie seems to be done in complete silence, which is cool, because whatever's hunting them in this post-apocalyptic world can only find them if they make a lot of noise. Which is an interesting idea. I think it's um, a really cool concept. Yeah, and there I are- feel like... <laughs> The fact that John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are in this, it bodes well for this movie because I don't think either of them do bad movies per se. Um, Maybe weak movies, but never a bad movie. No. Um, Even even Devil Wears Prada. I mean, I will I will watch that simply for Emily Blunt because she does a great job. That movie is fantastic. Do not say a bad thing about Devil Wears Prada. I I didn't. I just said. My bae, Emily Blunt, <laughs> she's great in it. 
What do you want me to say? I am I am losing track of how many bays you have, Marcus. Yeah, you've I have got many. a lot of bays. And I have a new one, and I'm going to announce her later on in the show. So get ready. Okay. <laughs> He's cheating on Sophia Patella and Michael Fassbender. You guys know this, right? Shoosh! <laughs> Shoosh, Lindley. Shoosh! Tell me about, tell me your thoughts on The Quiet Place. <laughs> I think it's a really um, cool concept. I think, um... I I just, I don't know. I just, I like it when someone takes a very simple concept and Mm -hmm. finds a really unique way to kind of tell a very engaging story and make it interesting. So I'm hoping that it's pretty good, uh, Mm -hmm. personally. Mm -hmm. Um, As of right now, I, based on what we see in the trailer, I'm sold. Now, if another trailer comes out and turns out to be one of those that reveals too much kind of things... I might be disappointed, but um, as of right now, I do plan on seeing it, I think. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, Lindley, what about you? I it, It's an intriguing concept. Mm-hmm. I've... I think I've said on the show before that modern horror movies just don't really do it for me. Unless it's mm-hmm. things on more of a psychological level. Um... But this, it it does look intriguing. I will yeah. say, though, I think they've released a couple more, like, TV spots about The Quiet Place. And I, mm-hmm. they have released little snips where they are talking. So it's not going to be in complete silence. I think the majority yes. of the movie will be, but there's going to be mm-hmm. some dialogue in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not, I'm not mad about. No, not at all. I think that's, I mean, I think that's a wise idea because, again, a, a modern audience, it, they need something, you know, in this in this world of superhero movies, um, we got to have some sort of dialogue. Uh, s- some of us do, not all of us, but some of us do. Um, it kind of, you know what it kind of reminded me of? Did you ever see that movie? Uh, I think it's called Blindness with uh, Julianne Moore. I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen yeah. that. I know what you're talking I haven't about. Seen that one. It was like a early 2000s movie and it was about um <laughs> the whole world went blind except for Julianne Moore and they got corralled. People were getting corralled into these facilities where they were all blind and there was like this society um <clears throat> where there was like a hierarchy, there was like a king and and he was making all these other people like do um, like serve him within this facility, uh, even though they were all blind and she was the only one who wasn't. And she only said that she wasn't because um, her husband who I think was played by um, the Hulk, Mark Ruffalo. uh, He was sent in there. And so she didn't want to leave him. So she told everybody that she was blind so that she would, um, so that she would be placed in there with him. Interesting. Um, it was a good movie. I I enjoyed it. I remember. I think. It, I don't think it got. I don't think it was well received. Um, but I know it's also based off of a book that um people always said like the book was better, which you know usually That's is. Usually how it goes. That's usually the case. Right. Right. But um, I actually really enjoyed. Um, blindness. Um, I think that's what the name was. I have to fact. I have to Google that later. <laughs> um, I am excited about this next trailer because I've been waiting 
so long to bash it. (laughs) Not like since I saw the trailer, but like even before the trailer, because I knew I was going to hate it. Um, We're talking, of course, about the new Venom trailer. And for those of you at home who don't know who Venom is, um, if you completely um, wiped your mind away, Eternal's... was it Eternal Spot of the Sun? And Eternal Sunshine Eternal of the sunshine Spotless of the Mind. Spotless mind. Yeah, That's the one. Right. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, get Lindley. Right, um, <laughs> whatever. Um, you all knew what I was talking about. That movie. Uh, if you completely wiped away your memory of Spider-Man 3, Venom is the... He's not the arch nemesis, but he's a, he's a traditionally a Spider-Man villain. Uh, who takes control. The suit is made of what is called the symbiote, which is an alien parasite that uh, attaches to Spider-Man. It learns his, it learns his identity. It drives Spider-Man crazy. Spider-Man manages to tear off the symbiote and the symbiote attaches to another host. This being uh, a man named Eddie Brock made famous by Topher Grace. <laughs> it's Brock, well, sir. Edward Brock Jr. Get it right. <laughs> well, now Sony has apparently seen the error of its ways and has decided that they are going to make Venom the star of his own movie, which has been in, in talks for a long time, um, to make this movie. And uh, Tom Hardy... We'll be playing uh, Eddie Brock, which a much better choice to play Venom, to say the least. And guys, I I just have to say, like, this feels exactly like I thought it was going to turn out. We said uh, on the boring. show, we said on the show um, a couple of weeks ago when our friend Drew Hallam, um, whose podcast just came out. Uh, please go check it out. Please go support him. We'll put a link in the in the description box. Um, the Venom movie looks exactly like I thought it would. It looks like it's going to be Eddie Brock doesn't know what's happening to him. The symbiote takes control. And then it's going to be a horror movie style thing until he has to gain control of the symbiote and fight like another symbiote or perhaps Carnage. Um, hopefully, because then we can finally see Carnage on screen. That would be nice. But Marcus, you're giving it too much credit. (laughs) This is, this just looks, it's just awful. It looks awful. That's true. And I cannot tolerate it because I love Venom and I would really love Venom to be in the MCU. Um, but he's not, this is not a... This is not connected to the MCU, even though there's a rumor that Tom Holland is in the movie as a cameo. Now, how that will work in the grand scheme of things, I don't know. It's probably just Sony like continuing to wishfully uh, think that they did buy Marvel Studios before. <laughs> By the way, did you guys know that? Yeah, I heard of that. That that's yeah. That Sony was gonna. Sony was apparently going to buy Marvel Studios, and they were like, mm, maybe ha. not. We'll forget. Ha, 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 we'll be ha, fine ha. with just Spider Man. Okay. All right. Well, you keep thinking that. Yeah. Please keep thinking it because Tom Holland's doing a great job in, in the MCU Bless. right yeah. now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Um, what did you guys think of of the trailer? Especially you, Steven, because you're a you're a Spider Man fan. You know what it made me miss? Hmm. It made me miss the days of ooh, my spider sense is tingling. If you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Eric Foreman with his little buck teeth going, <laughs> I'm Venom. Yeah. Oh, man. It made me miss those days. It um, made you miss no, Spider-Man I... 3? <clears throat> well, okay. To be perfectly honest, I did not entirely hate Spider-Man 3. It was flawed beyond all get out <laughs> and definitely the weakest of that trilogy, but I didn't hate it. Um, but... That said, uh, I can't agree more that this looks absolutely dreadful. Um, Marcus, I think you're giving it too much credit. You know how this, what this is going to turn into? This is going to turn into he does it, it, the plot exactly like you just said, where he discovers his powers. He has to get used to the using them, and he's going to take down the big bad military metaphor because I mean, of course. And oh, at the very yeah. end, we will get a tease of a little. Re- a little red entrail teasing carnage for the next. Yep, yep. That there you is go, what this Stephen. Movie just is gonna be. Stephen just gave the movie away. <laughs> so it's gonna be Hulk. Yes. Yes. Oh gosh. Yes. Not even the Incredible Hulk. It's no, gonna be Hulk. Hulk. I'm talking about the Eric Bana Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. This is gonna be bad. Dave's probably when sitting. That came out, and even I knew that movie was horrible. Dave's probably I mean, we'll sitting probably in his car right now cool disagreeing, but... Action scene, set pieces with Venom, but that's mm-hmm. it. I do not think Carnage is going to play part in this. I'm so sad now. The villain mm-hmm. will be bland. <laughs> Was Is that, what, Sable? Or, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the name from the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. Um, whatever. Yeah, it's going to be a bland military... We gotta get the weapon and control it! I mean, it's good. It's it, it's the guy from Avatar, basically. It's the bad oh, guy from geez. Avatar, and that's yeah. that's it. <laughs> you know, you know what would save it. You know what would save it if Eric it was Foreman. a branch of, if it was a branch of Shield that was doing it. <clears throat> like if we could bring Shield back into the MCU, and Shield was the one experimenting with the symbiote, or even Hydra, that would be cool. But of course, that makes too much sense, and of course, Sony, <laughs> Sony won't play ball with uh, the MCU outside of Spider-Man. So, good luck, Black Cat and Sable. <laughs> Do the your night best. This movie's plot died. I could tell it had been impaled by the writers in pencils. <laughs> I thought now was the best time to tell you after you already spent your money on the ticket. It's gonna suck. Lindley, what do you think? I don't, well, well, first of all, they didn't show us anything. No. I think they they saw the trailer extravaganza that we got with the Super Bowl. They're like, oh crap, we gotta get something out. We can't let people mm-hmm. forget that Venom is happening. So, they they didn't show us anything. You know what they they did show us? us? They showed us the same shot that is in every single comic book movie trailer now. And that is a series of cars flying in the air. Like, Mm -hmm. seriously. And and, and the love interest. Every single trailer now. And the love interest looking into the distance, worried about something. Also, Michelle Williams is in this? 
I completely (laughs) forgot that. Oh, was that her? Yeah. I thought that was just like an excerpt from Barnum that they left out. It'd be like, oh no, she's in Venom. (laughs) Oh no, not Barnum. It's Greatest Showman. I'm still still having Barnum flashbacks. So yeah, I, I want to see more. I think I need to see... I don't want them to give too much away. There still mm-hmm. needs to be mystery, some mystery about the movie, but I need to see Venom. Like, actual yeah. Venom, not just Tom Hardy screaming in a CT scanner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, I think they are... I, a part of me wants them to wait to show Venom. Or at least give us, like, a hint. I I mean if they if they do it right, then this movie could be like a modern day like alien movie. You know? It, it Alien's really, scary. Yeah. Alien is scary because <laughs> you know, if you if you watch the trailers, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but I remember they used to say they, like they were talking about the trailer for Alien and I watched it and it is terrifying. They never show you the alien. They just have like the little beep. They have the beep and they have the flashes. And I feel like that is what this trailer needed. Like, don't make it out that Venom is the anti-hero already. Like, let him let him become the anti-hero after we see Venom become the villain. Because that's the natural progression of someone like Venom. He slowly gets control. But let's not, like, come right out of the gate with him already being kind of an anti-hero that can control himself. Which is, you know, eventually what he's going to be able to do probably halfway through the movie. But, again, we'll, we will just have to see. I think it's a little too early to make a decision because, as you said, Lindley, they didn't show us anything in the trailer. They showed us um, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, we'll wait to pass judgment. But, just just to be clear... Um, Venom is ruining my birthday weekend. <laughs> like, it comes out the day after my birthday. And I'm like, really? Like, that's, I, well, I guess I'll go see Venom. I hope I get a gift card from my students so I don't have to pay for it. Happy birthday, Marcus. <laughs> I want you to kill Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now dig on this. Stop, Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Hey, Marcus, Marcus, <laughs> you'll get your good Venom movie when you fix this damn door. You know way too many of those quotes from that movie to say that it's not. You don't Steven, like it, Stephen. <laughs> I'm worried about you. Why? Because you know. Because way no, too many never quotes mind. From Spider-Man Three. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness next trailer <laughs> <laughs> we got uh jurassic world jurassic world fallen kingdom again um a newer trailer that shows us a, a wee bit more of what is going to happen in this movie it made me a, a little bit more excited for it to be quite honest um but I, I'm still, I'm still not like on the edge of my seat when I watch the trailer for this movie. You know why? Hmm. That trailer had a lot, way less Goldblum 
than the first one did. True. I mean, it did. It did. I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like Goldblum's scene. I feel like that's gonna be like at the end or at the beginning. Like, I feel like it's not like a big, like he's not like a big part of the movie, um, which is fine with me. I just, you know, it's 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 like the complaints for the Last Jedi. Don't get me wrong, now, audience. I like Last Jedi. You can see in our previous uh, in our previous episodes. I really, really enjoyed Last Jedi. However, um, I'm going to use the Last Jedi argument that half the internet used. You built up so much in Jurassic World that I feel like in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, you need to give me a bit more of a payoff. Like, I should be seeing mutated dinosaurs. You know, I should be seeing that inform i should be seeing that inform that that information like dr wu leaves the um leaves the facility to go work for engine and their military division to militarize the dinosaurs i want to see what happens next and it looks like we are going to see that it looks like we we definitely are going to start to see some of that but i'm like show me that now not not like a not like don't explain everything to me you know like we don't want to see everything in the venom trailer we never want to see everything in a trailer but just let me know that i'm not going to see the lost world part two true because that's because when i watched the first trailer for fallen kingdom that's what i felt like i felt like i was just gonna i'm gonna go there and it's gonna be jurassic world i mean sorry lost world and then you know we'll have our big chase scene in the greatest city on earth san diego it's where i was born it's the greatest city on earth i believe i believe they call it san diego what did you guys think lindley what about you what did you think of of the fallen kingdom the newest trailer uh to be honest it was a little hit or miss for me mm-hmm. uh, some parts got me excited and and the other parts again it just reminded me of like oh this is lost world again Mm, yeah it really did remind me a lot of lost world um so i don't know (laughs) i am gonna go see it i'm just not that thrilled Mm -hmm. about it like it's not one that you feel like i've got to get in theaters on day one to see it yeah like if it's the second weekend okay like once the crowds die down (laughs) uh, i'll go see you matinee yeah if i've got time Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll go on five dollar Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh Steven, what about you? Um Well, I personally really like this trailer a lot more than the teaser one. Oh. Um <clears throat> the uh opening shot where the little kids in bed and you hear the dinosaur and you see the shadows on the wall, it's approaching. That was literally my freaking nightmare for like months after seeing the original Jurassic Park as a kid. And then again, after seeing Lost World, I used to have like nightmares about dinosaurs coming through the window. Um, So just seeing that visually represented uh, on screen is a dream come true for me. Um, I feel like. This trailer confirmed that it's not just going to be on an island. 
um, the whole yes. time. And <clears throat> I think the theme was set in Lost World, but I don't get Lost World vibes. What I get is end of the world scenario where dinosaurs get proliferated to the other continents and then we get a literal Jurassic world again where dinosaurs take over the world. Um, mm. It's setting up an, apop- an apocalyptic scenario, which is, to me, very terrifying uh, if they do it justice, if they don't, you know, turn it into Jurassic Park 3. So, you know, I liked it. I, I really, I mean, I think you can rest easy. I don't think it's going to be Jurassic Park 3, but... I mean, the only thing I disagree with is that I I do feel like we're we're headed down the the Lost World route. Um, now I will say that this trailer again, this trailer did get me a wee bit more excited. I did like the fact that they showed again that they showed these mutated dinosaurs, these dinosaurs that are clearly <clears throat> clearly being like the Indoraptor for yeah. yeah. Um, I thought I thought that was very cool, and I I was like. This is what we needed in the first trailer. Um, but my thing is, is it too little too late? Because, again, last night when I went to go see Black Panther, they showed they showed the old trailer. They showed the, t- the first trailer. And I sat there and I was like, ah, I am not excited about this at all. Like Me and my dad, who, you know, that was the first movie we ever saw together was Jurassic Park. And we both kind of looked at each other and we were kind of like, I mean, we can red box it because oh, we, cause we were just not, I mean, we're, we're just not excited. And those, and like, that's, that's the thing that like when Jurassic World came out, we were all, we were all ready for it. We were like, it was like a really weird, like father, son, like bonding moment <laughs> of just being like, we're going to go see Jurassic World because, you know, it was like, what was it? 20, 20 something years later. And I'm in my twenties. My dad's looking at me, and he's like, "He's like, I remember, like that was the first movie I got to take to you, take you to." Aww. Um, thanks, Dad. As a as a wee two year old or three year old, <laughs> we went to go see Jurassic Park. Um, unbeknownst to my mom, um, but now with Jurassic uh, Jurassic World two, Fallen Kingdom, just not excited, not impressed, not not yet. Maybe maybe that can change, but at the moment. It's about to get red boxed. Um, oh well, now you know how I feel when Marvel movies come out. Well, oh. <laughs> to tomato, tomato. Fired. Uh, so guys, um, we talked recently on the show about um, Disney kind of imploding on itself, <laughs> and and I made mention of Star Wars fatigue, and i i have to say i'm kind of feeling it a little bit with this new trailer i'm glad it's finally here but we finally got our solo trailer um star wars story yeah we did and i have to say i am not yet impressed really i'm not i I'm interested because the Star Wars movie. I'm interested because I like the Han Solo character. Um, but there has been such bad press behind this movie. It has put a bad taste in my mouth. And when I watched the trailer, even like the the mini the mini teaser and then the full length trailer, the full length trailer got me more excited because 
it's um it's setting it up more as a heist film, which is great. I think that's a wonderful choice. Um, to again to diversify your um your movies that way. Uh, Rogue One was a war movie. Solo is a is a heist movie. I wait a minute, wait a minute. But I feel I feel like um I just I'm I'm again I'm just not excited for this movie. I feel like this guy is not I feel like he's trying too hard to beat Han. And I get it that he's hard to be Harrison Ford. Yes. And it's and it's and I and I get that he's being and I get that he's young and whatever and that you know he's like I'm cocky and I'll do this and I'll do that but at the same time uh I feel like Han gets that way because he went through a lot of ish when he was younger you know what I mean like yeah. we should see like why he's cocky because of this movie it's like oh you did all that yeah, you deserve to uh, pat yourself on the back every chance you get. Okay? Like, I get it. Um, but I feel like they're, as far as the trailer goes, I mean, they're setting it up where this is his first big adventure. And so I'm not, I don't understand, like, where the cockiness is coming from. And you can say that it, it just comes from him just being a kid. But I feel like, again, give give him some growth. Basically, you're saying like Han Solo is a static character who never changes until A New Hope. That's boring to me. Like, I don't want to see a character that's already. I'll just watch A New Hope if that's the case. I'll watch Harrison Ford do a much better Harrison Ford impression, as Lindley said. Because I agree, he's doing a Harrison Ford impression, not a. He's not being Han Solo. Um, but I am. I am excited about Donald Glover being Lando Calrissian um and oh yeah. oh and Amelia Clark That's, I'm really interested to see who, like who she like who she is and like what her character is that is um, what is keeping me that that's what's gonna drive me to see this movie because yeah. the glimpses of her her costumes her mannerisms I can yeah. guarantee Kiara is that that's her character's name she mm-hmm. they, she has a character poster out I can guarantee I'm going to love her. Yeah, she was like, she was so really excited. really cool. Um, she looks sassy and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um and also also my man um Oh goodness, I I keep wanting to say Harrison Ford. Not Harrison Ford. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. I keep <laughs> I want to say Harrison Ford. Uh Woody I Harrelson. I love I love Woody. I really do. I I will watch a Woody Harrelson movie um all day every day. He makes movies for me and I feel like he is more Han Solo than the guy playing Han Solo is. Maybe um some I like connection? What's that? Maybe there's some connection <clears throat> there. I don't know. I- well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, Woody Harrelson's character is described as uh, a mentor towards ah. Han. Um, I mean, I don't think they should go the route of, like, he's Han's dad. Um, but no. for him to be, like, the Yondu to to his uh, Peter he Quill. He is totally a Yondu. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's Mary Poppins, y'all. He is Mary Poppins, y'all. He's Carrie Poppins. Oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> but I know Steven has thoughts. <laughs> okay, is As it... As per you, Steven and I can never agree. <laughs> it, I mean, is it really confirmed it's going to be a heist movie? No, no, no. I said it feels like a heist movie. Okay, because, see, I think but that was not coming out and saying it's a heist movie. Because, <clears throat> see, I think I got a different vibe watching it. Um, I do agree. I was not... I can't really say there's anything disappointing, but there wasn't anything that got me excited about it. Um, <clears throat> I didn't get the that vibe. I got the vibe that he's basically the surrogate Luke Skywalker role, which is a total... I don't know. Just I don't want to see him in that role. That that doesn't interest me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what What do you mean I by did... surrogate Luke Skywalker exactly? The hero's journey, basically. Um, um, I didn't get that he was the cocky Han Solo we all, you know, know. I got that he was There was only was one basically... scene where I felt it. Yeah, it was like... like... I thought we were in trouble, but we're fine. We're fine. Yeah, but, like, you know, he's with Chewie there. At the beginning, he's, like, filling out an application or something, and he looks very sheepish, like he doesn't know what he's doing. And it, it just kind of felt like, okay, you know you know, small fry in the big world is how it kind of felt. And, you know, that was Luke. And I just, that didn't interest me. Um, I honestly, like, I'm not getting, I usually don't try to get myself hyped up for these movies. I find I enjoy them a lot more when I do that. Um, so, I mean, I'm still going to give it a chance. I I felt the same way I, when I watched that first Jurassic World teaser. Like, it just didn't do much for me because it just didn't really tell much. It didn't show anything exciting, I guess. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I kind of felt the same way here. Personally, I always felt like, um, did y'all ever see that movie Age of Adeline? Yeah. There was a guy, Anthony Ingruber, who played a young uh, Harrison Ford character, and he nailed it sounded and looked just like him from that era and it just boggled my mind why they never cast this guy um because he would have been perfect um for the role of a young han solo but you know i don't know why they didn't go with that route yeah this i'm not saying the guy looked bad he just it didn't really impress me much um, have you guys seen, cause Steven, you mentioned like he's filling out the application. Have you guys, so have you guys seen the extended trailer yet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause the extended trailer is the one that makes, <laughs> it gives me more of a sense of like, he's cocky. Like he's, he's basically Han from a new hope already. Hmm. Um, which again, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't like it. I feel like. Maybe if they had kept Phil Lord and, and Chris Miller on, um, I feel like this could have been a much better movie. But when when they dropped them, I feel like they that's a missed opportunity to really make your Star Wars movies, this one in particular, different. Um, and that's what this franchise needs. It needs to it needs to add more diversity, um, not just in casting which they they're doing um 
but you can't keep recycling old tropes from previous movies. You got to give us something different. Otherwise, the franchise cannot stand. It's not going to last. It's going to implode. Yep. Um, but, hey, if you want more thoughts on that, you can hear our thoughts on the previous episode. Um, so, guys, it's kind of cool because the last three last three movies we have here are uh, essentially sequels. Um, and I'm so excited for this one. Uh, well, I was excited. I was excited. Uh, Incredibles two, kids. Can we all? Can we all just agree? We're all adults here. Yeah. But when we found out that Incredibles two was coming out, we all were like, "We're gonna buy the tickets. We're gonna push over little kids, and we're gonna go see Incredibles two. Yeah. It's the best Fantastic Four movie ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. And yet, somehow, somehow, despite the cool. Um, this, this, despite the cool art design of the movie, um, like it looks so much better. I was talking to one of my students who, um, who was going to study to be an art major. Um, we were sitting there talking about the art style of Incredibles 2 and how, how much better it looks. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like Incredibles 2 is going to suffer from sequel syndrome, no pun intended, from the previous villain. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like it's just gonna be like, okay, let's do the exact same thing, only this time, let's yes. use Elastigirl. Yes, yes, thank you. And I just feel like, like, I feel like there's gonna be a guy, and uh, Mr. Incredible is gonna think Elastigirl is cheating on him, and he's gonna get defensive. And then he's going to find out that, like, no, she's actually, she still loves him. And she just wanted to feel, she just wanted to have her midlife crisis like he did in the last movie. And I feel like it's a missed opportunity to focus in on the kids. Like, I hate the fact that it's it's only a couple of minutes after the first one. Yeah. You know, like I, like I feel like we should, we should see Violet. We should see Dash. We should see them grown up. Violet should be in college and having to deal with being maybe a solo superhero. Dash can be like the cocky superhero who's kind of like, you know, kind of like Johnny the Robin Storm. to Mister Incredible's uh, Batman. And he's like, you know what, Dad, you're holding me back. I want to do my own thing. That's an interesting movie. And Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl trying to figure out, like, how do we let our kids grow? And we have Jack-Jack, who has, like, five powers. <laughs> like, that's a good movie. Like, so Pixar, I just wrote your movie for you. It was a slam dunk. And yet somehow, <laughs> somehow you messed it up. Because you're, 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 it looks like you're giving us the same old thing in this movie. And I think that is a horrible, horrible decision. Um, what are you guys, what are you guys thoughts? I, I have the same feelings. It's cause I, I, I watched the trailer and there were, there were funny parts like the whole Jack Jack waking up, um, mm-hmm. Robert Parr while he's like sleeping that, that made me laugh really hard. But after the trailer was over, I sat there and was like, didn't 
in the last movie, the whole thing was about them coming together as a family, as a team, to overcome their whatever was going on? Didn't we already do this? This, this is just what we got in the last movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm just... Again, I need to see more. Maybe they're saving some of the stuff, especially with um, the kids for the actual movie. Because this is, was just technically what you call a sneak peek, as right. they're saying. So I think there's still much more they're not showing us. I have faith in Pixar, mm-hmm, despite mm-hmm. three Cars movies before this movie came out. <laughs> so I'm, Hey, they got to make their I'm, money somehow. True. Merchandising. Merchandising. <laughs> so I'm, I'm holding out hope. For better or for worse. Stephen, what about you? No, um, I never really actually cared for The Incredibles all that much. Um, my brothers enjoyed it. I didn't find it offensive or anything. I just, just wasn't my cup of tea. So when I watch this trailer, I'm just like, yeah, still not my cup of tea. I I mean I I I loved I mean I loved this movie. I thought it was this this movie alone got me into Pixar. Um I mean it wasn't I mean I like Toy Story. Um but I mean if you couldn't tell like I'm a huge superhero fan and the what? fact that what? I know, right? Um <laughs> I um and so like to watch to watch uh The Incredibles I thought it was a very mature movie for what it was. Like, to say it was a kid's movie, there's some dark themes in it. And I felt like, you know what? When you when they do finally make a sequel, it's going to be so, so much better because their audience has grown up. So you can explore things more. Like, now, I'm not saying, like, it should be rated R. Like, <laughs> keep it a kid's film, you know? <laughs> Bob, what like, the I don't wanna, are you doing? Right. Like, I don't want to see, like, uh, uh, I don't want to see, like, Elastigirl and Mr. Fantastic. Not Mr. Fantastic. Uh, Mr. Incredible <laughs> getting it on. Call him Mr. Fantastic. But, um, <laughs> but I, I felt like, you know, like, hey, like, continue, continue, like, dancing the line on those darker themes. Um, not that this won't or can't do it. Um, but I just feel like, again, I just feel like we're going to see more of the same in this one. And it just kind of disappoints me um, to no end. Uh, one thing that does not disappoint me, um, well, that did not disappoint me as far as trailers go. Because it, it feels like the last couple of trailers, or at least the ones, really most of them except for A Quiet Place, have disappointed me. Uh, I was actually really excited about the Jessica Jones Season 2 trailer. Uh, that dropped from Netflix. Um, I know you guys haven't gotten a chance to see Jessica Jones season two, uh, but that move that that show is incredible. Um, and I felt like after watching the Defenders, there is so much growth in the character that season two is going to definitely make Jessica Jones probably the most popular. Uh, Marvel TV show that they have. Um, in this trailer, you start to see a lot more of Jessica uh, dealing with 
her insecurities and finding out like who she is like how does she get her powers um she starts investigating that more uh and we have the introduction of um well we haven't seen her yet but we know that she's coming uh is typhoid mary who is uh a jessica jones villain actually she's an x-men villain which means she's a mutant and so this is the first opportunity that Marvel has. And I don't think they'll take it. I really don't. So Dave, before you criticize me, I don't think they're going to go this route. Um, but I feel like they are going to, this is their first opportunity where they can acknowledge the fact that mutants exist in, in the MCU with Typhoid Mary. Um, again, they haven't brought her in. They haven't shown her face. I think maybe there's like a clip or two of it. Um, like maybe it's kind of dark. Uh, but we do get to see uh, Kilgrave come back, played by the great uh, David Tennant. Yeah. And we don't see his face, but we just see like she's like looking off the balcony, you know, in like brooding superhero mode. And there's like a purple light that's around her and then all of a sudden like someone starts clapping and you see that it's David Tennant. Um, so it is, I'm curious to see what is going to happen because uh, recently spoilers for anybody who reads comics, but uh, in the current uh, Jessica Jones iteration, um, Purple Man's alive and he really can't be killed. And she's not quite sure why. They haven't explained that yet, but they could go this route with David Tennant's Purple Man um, that maybe he can't die. Um, but from what I understand from rumors, uh, he's just going to be in her head. Um, which, again, kind of adds to the to the whole intrigue with her character. Um but again, I'm 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 excited for it. I think that this is going to be a great show. I think it's going to be great. Um they're going to continue to build on that noir feel to it and yeah, this 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 was the one of the trailers that I was really excited about. Um what did you guys think when you saw it? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh, why? I don't know. Just something about it didn't strike me like the last season's did. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just like, oh, it's backstory time. Yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Something about it just didn't intrigue me. Did you watch? Did you watch? Did you finish season one? Uh, not yet. I've gotten pretty far into it, though. Because they they do a especially towards the end they build a lot to her past and the fact that she doesn't remember hmm. and how there's like a larger conspiracy like behind like how like why she has her powers yeah. so to me like that's that was that was big because that was the big mystery that they were setting up that they never went into because she had to deal with Kilgrave dang it Kilgrave I know, I know. So we got to wait. You had to wait till season two to get her origin story. Um, what about you, Steven? Uh, not my cup of tea. I haven't seen it. Not planning on it. I mean, nah. Next. Oh, Jesus. 
I am excited. What can Marcus? I say? There's just there's just so much Marvel. I can't keep up anymore. I mean, but this is like it's. I mean, but is it really Marvel? Because there's not a lot of references to the MCU. There's matter. only connection it, it, to. It's called Marvel's Jessica Jones. It's Marvel. <laughs> But it's not. Just, but again, it's it's not I, necessarily I, connected to anything else other than the defenders. I'm and still, even then, I'm still trying to get through Black Mirror. <laughs> That's not Marvel, can't. though. That's not Marvel. I know, but I'm just trying to get through one show at a time here. Well, work faster. What? What? I have had an ear infection and an illness and then another illness and I will shut your ass while I get through Black Mirror. <laughs> Aren't there like four episodes of Black Mirror a season? No, because apparently once you get to season three, they jump up to like six and it's like, oh my god. So... <laughs> I'm working through them slowly. Oh, Jesus wept. Um, well, <laughs> to the rest Let's of the world. talk about Deadpool too, because I actually saw that, and that was kind of funny. Well, well hold on a second. To, to the rest of the world. Uh, again, um, <laughs> I just want to add that I've, one thing that I really love about the Jessica Jones series, um, I love that this is a really is a, a really good female-driven uh, show. Um, and I feel like it tackles... Like, Jessica Jones dealt with a lot of a lot of hard issues like um, sexual abuse um, and just... Well, and, and just domestic abuse in general. Um, and I felt like it was a really, really powerful first season. And the fact that they are kind of continuing to explore the just the psychology of somebody who has gone through some great trauma. I feel like that's what made the Punisher so great was that you got, you got a chance to see these characters. And that's why I said, like, I I don't necessarily compare these to like the rest of the Marvel uh, movies, because you're never going to see Iron Man do like really dig into his alcoholism. Um, But you'll see that on Jessica Jones and it's less about her having powers and more so about, you know, her dealing with, I have issues. I don't know how to deal with them. I'm barely holding on by a thread. Um, but I also know that I've got to solve. I want to know what's wrong with me. Um, power wise, because that's what's isolating me even more than, you know, being forced to to do things for for Kilgrave for years, um, or sorry, for a year, um, so I give it a shot. I'm, I promise you, it's a good movie. I mean, sorry, it's a good show. Um, it's definitely not your your typical superhero flick. I mean, it was. I feel like people like that the most out of out of all the the uh, Marvel <laughs> Netflix shows. Um, but yes. Deadpool 2 finally gave us a full trailer. It I mean, did we did we expect anything other than a slam dunk? Nope. <laughs> to be to be quite honest, the first movie was great. Ryan Reynolds loves loves the part. He loves the writing. Um I was really hoping for a I was really hoping for a Thanos reference in that trailer. I was hoping for it. No, but I did love the reference they made. 
about CGIing out a mustache. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no no superhero is is safe from uh Deadpool's inside jokes. Um This was a great I mean this is a great trailer. It set up a lot. It did not reveal too much. Um I I think we're I think we're in for a fun time. I think Solo's in trouble. I think Avengers Infinity War is going to be fine. Um but I feel like I'm going to probably spend a one weekend seeing uh, Deadpool 2 in the afternoon and then Avengers Infinity War in the evening. And then try to sneak into Han Solo. Or just red box um, it later on. Or just red box it. I love that. <laughs> that needs to be on a shirt, by the way. <laughs> I think I'm just going to red box it. Let's just red box it. And on the back, it's a list of movies that we don't like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it says like Stevens list, Marcus list, and Lee's list. Um. <laughs> oh my gosh! I think that may be the next Colonel review. Just red box it. <laughs> Top ten red just box. Red box. <laughs> <laughs> What did you guys think of uh, the Deadpool 2 trailer? I think it had the one of the best lines in a trailer ever. I forget what the other character says, but I love when um, Ryan Reynolds just goes, no, that's just lazy writing. <laughs> I really appreciated <laughs> I knew, that I joke knew a like lot. That. That, was, <laughs> that was a good, I love that one. Lily, what about you? I, I really liked it. It's it's what I expected. It's what I wanted. So I'm definitely going to go see nice. Deadpool when it comes out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I again, there's not there's not much to say in, the, in this trailer because um, I mean, Deadpool two is not gonna it's not gonna change the world or anything. Um, it's not making any sort of statement. Um, it's just a fun movie, and I and I appreciate that it. Um, that it doesn't try to be more than what it already is. Um, I am afraid that it will fall into the trap of let's repeat jokes. Um, but maybe it won't. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. Maybe it'll give us a lot of new stuff. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm almost certain that they will, but um, there's always that, there's always that fear, especially in like something that's very comedic when it comes to sequels. Uh, as we've seen with uh, Incredibles 2, that we could just get more of the same. But, again, hopefully we don't. Yeah. Um, before we continue on with our show uh, and talk about Cloverfield Paradox and, of course, Black Panther, uh, we would like to take a moment to introduce you guys to uh, another podcast, one of our friends on Twitter. Uh, we're going to let them talk to you guys for a little bit. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about Cloverfield Paradox. Stay tuned. Do you ever wonder when Spider-Man goes to the bathroom if the toilet paper sticks to his fingers? Do you ever wonder why Superman wears his underwear outside of his pants? My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And we're your hosts for the Jock and Nerd podcast where we sometimes try to attempt to answer these questions. This is a full spoiler podcast and we swear a lot. Check it out for awesome geek news, interviews, and comic book reviews. Visit jockandnerd.com. We are your superhero TV, movies, and comic book culture curators. Boom. Jockandnerd.com. Jockandnerd. 
Hey everybody, it's Marcus Sally from Popcorn Prattle. Before we come back to our show, I just wanted to remind you guys that Popcorn Prattle is now the proud sponsor of the first ever Savvy Awards. What's the Savvy Awards? Well, it is an indie film-based award show produced by our very own Savage Tech Industries. You guys remember Savage Tech, right? They are awesome people. So, show them some love. Go over to Savage Tech Industries on Facebook or on Twitter or even on Instagram and get ready to watch the first ever Savvy Awards this March 1st on Facebook Live. So, up next, we are going to talk about Cloverfield Paradox. And just to warn you, audience, we are going to talk spoilers here. Um, Cloverfield Paradox came out on the night of the Super Bowl. Um, they announced it during the Super Bowl. And then they were like, you know what? Let's just release it tonight. And I watched it that night. <laughs> uh, I I enjoyed it. I I mean I I enjoy most of the I guess Cloverfield franchise movies um as it were uh with this particular movie I appreciated that they attempted to explain the monster from Cloverfield how it relates to 10 Cloverfield Lane and then also still have their own story um, I just, it had flaws for me though. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't, like, I felt like they could have <clears throat> explained things just oh, a little bit better to really, I mean, if you're going to make this a franchise, which to be, to be fair, it is, Yeah, it is one now. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to make a franchise, this was the movie to like really set the set the record straight here's where the monsters come from here's this here's that and they did they did they did explain where the monsters came from and but and and when Lindley and I we were we were talking shortly after we both finished uh Cloverfield Paradox they answered questions but then they left you with like a crap ton more which on one hand, is good. It's good marketing because it makes you want to watch the other movies, future movies, because you want to find out, like, okay, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? But I think, Lindley, I think you were you were saying in our conversation that it's kind of frustrating, too, to be told, like, mm, we're not going to tell you everything. Uh, what, what, what exactly did you think about the fact that they didn't uh, explain everything everything to us regarding the Cloverfield universe. I'm I'm glad they didn't explain everything because it, it when a movie explains everything and treats its audience like they're 2 years old, mm-hmm. it it does, it doesn't make for a good film. But here's the thing. JJ Abrams has this whole philosophy about the mystery box and about oh. how yeah, you could open this mystery box and see what's inside, but isn't it more thrilling when you don't know and you have to decide for yourself what's inside? JJ, I love you, but I'm getting kind of tired of the mystery box. 
So mm. at one point, <laughs> you need answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I I did enjoy the movie. I didn't think it's not the best. In it's probably the weakest in the series. Yeah, I still think oh, Ten yeah. Cloverfield Lane is the best, but I it, that doesn't make it bad. And uh, I don't know. I I don't like when a movie that says it's going to answer questions mm-hmm. leaves you with even more questions, barely answering what you had, and leaves you with more questions. Right. And and what confuses me more is what we're getting next because they've already announced that we're getting another Cloverfield movie this year. And it's setting Oh, this year? Yes, this year. And it's set in World oh. War Two. Huh. What? I'm so confused. Exactly. The mystery box is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's going to implode on itself if we don't get some answers. Now, I did hear a rumor that the World War II uh, scenario, that that was going to explain, that was going to lead to the Germans wanting to start the war, um, as explained in Cloverfield Paradox. But it was also going to explain, like, Possibly that the monsters were created by the Nazis. Which, okay, but I, I, that, again, that doesn't make sense to me. How does that work out with the plot of this one at all? See, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the, the ideas laid out in this particular movie say that because of them messing with the with the particle with the chlorophyll particle um they ended up re- they ended up re- basically rewriting history like they were able to go through time they were able to go through space um so all bets are kind of off and again like Lindley said it it causes more questions than it actually answers because you still have to ask yourself, like, okay, so are the monsters from some alternate Earth where they rule the world? And then they get dropped into these various uh, dimensions? And also, is Cloverfield, the first Cloverfield, is it in the a world of Cloverfield Paradox? Is it in the alternate world that they went to? Or is it its own pocket universe? And like I said, I mean, if I mean, I, I know it seems like I didn't like the movie. I did like the movie, but I also feel like those are things that should have been clearer. Because that was the whole point of the trailer was like, find out where the monster came from. Yeah. Well, you, you didn't even show me questions. Yeah, and then you didn't even show me the monster until the end, right? Like I thought, I you know what I thought? I thought that the space station was the space station that fell into the water. Yeah. That's what I thought they were going to go with. Like, that would have been smart, but they didn't go that route. Like, and I don't understand why, because it's an easy slam dunk to say they got taken to another world, that world was the Earth of Cloverfield, and that that was what fell into the ocean. 
But because the monster came out of the clouds, that can't be the Cloverfield monster from the first movie. Because the Cloverfield monster didn't come up, they said, until that that uh, the satellite crashed. So, let me ask you this. Would you recommend this movie to people? If they're a fan... Yeah. If you're a fan of the Cloverfield of, movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I would agree with that. I would I would definitely agree that if you're a fan of the Cloverfield movies, you would definitely want to watch it. Um I think you know what I think they're relying too heavily on to be honest. I think they're relying too heavily on the ARGs, which is the augmented reality games that they have online. Um yeah. which are really cool. It's a really really cool marketing idea, but you have to like dedicate a lot of time to it. And that's time, like, for me, like, I'm too busy. I ain't got time to be going on Twitter <laughs> and going on YouTube and going to, like, fake websites and slusho websites and trying to figure out this, that, to hear some secret code, to hear some secret message. I ain't got time for all that, man. Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, but J.J. Abrams and the team, they, they expect you to have time so that you can get the rest of the story. Well, guess what? I'm just going to wait to Wikipedia at that point. So... Those are my thoughts. Do you guys have anything else to add about Cloverfield? Uh, I don't know. There, there's a lot of theories online. Some that I agree with, some not. I just, mm. I'm still still trying to figure it out myself. I think I need to watch it again. Yeah. Like, I only watched it once. But I feel like I need to watch it again. To get, like, a full idea on how I feel about it and and what the movie possibly means. See, I feel like watching it once was enough for me. Um mm-hmm. like I really I I do like that they decided to try and explain kind of where the alien the monster came from and all that um whilst tell their own story. But <clears throat> just going back to the original Cloverfield um I just loved how realistic it was depicted. Um, mm-hmm. with the shaky yeah. cam, I know people hated the shaky cam, but if you're a guy with a camera running through the city, I mean, that's what it would probably look like. And I just, yeah. I always loved that realistic factor. And then when 10 Cloverfield Lane came out, I loved that they were going in a seemingly anthology kind of direction, um, mm. while kind of maintaining sort of that gritty tone. Um, this one really kind of felt like almost like someone wanted to make a Cloverfield universe film. Yeah. But the tone and the, the realistic depictions were gone. Like it boggles my mind that in our post gravity and interstellar movie world, we're still depicting space with sound like, mm-hmm. like star Wars can get away with it. Cause it's star Wars. It's fantasy. But if you're going for like some real cutting edge sci-fi stuff with especially talking about like, you know, interdimensional travel and stuff like this movie, why are you still depicting explosions and cheesy sci-fi stuff in space? It just really felt like it cheated the other two out of the serious tone a little bit. Mm. Um I thought the um there there were like okay, I think Kind of going back to the mystery box you mentioned earlier, Lindley, 
Um, <clears throat> I feel like there is a time and a place to tease your audience with questions. Um, but I felt like this one did not have, didn't leave us with any good questions to have. Like mm-hmm. it never explained like what's going on with the wall. Why are people being sucked into it? Why are people, uh, what, mm-hmm. like what, what's with the magnetism in that one scene where the call, there was a lot of caulking in this movie of just cool. a guy doing space caulk, you know? Right. And then the caulk like is being pulled by the magnetism and then it pulls him back. It never explains that. And it's not really done in a way that makes me care what the answer is. It just kind of comes across as lazy writing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of like what you said, Marcus, you know, I loved all those little details in the original Cloverfield movie. Like if you pause it, you see the satellite falling. They didn't tie right. it into that at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just kind of like, oh, like, just, just make it different dimensions. Just make it a different dimension. Yeah, it yeah. Kind, kind of like yeah, kind of like Prometheus, you know, trying to le- make you think, oh, this is what set up Alien, until you realize they're not even on the same planet that they were in in Alien. So it's just mm-hmm. setting up another, you know, sequel, and it just right. really feel it doesn't feel clever. It feels like lazy writing. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 I think I read somewhere that even J.J. Abrams admitted that this movie had kind of a troubled uh, production in terms of story. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I read that somewhere, but he said the next one is going to be way better. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of feel the same way. Like I didn't hate it. I was entertained by it, but I would definitely say it was the weakest, uh, of the series mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. opinion, which is a shame because there's some really good actors in it. Yeah. There's some excellent actors, and there's just there's nothing for them to really play with, Mm-mm. to be quite honest. It just um, kind of it cheats its own. They're just kind of there. Yeah, it cheats itself out of what could be a really cool concept. Yeah. Oh, very much. <laughs> um, but hey, you know what? Not every movie can break uh, box office records. And be a powerful movie that changes the world. Uh, we have we have reached the end of our show, and of course, as I like to say, it's main event time. It's main event time, guys. Um, so Lindley got a chance to watch Black Panther first. I was incredibly jealous. <laughs> And I waited, I waited on bated breath to see Black Panther. I sped, let me tell you the story, I sped from my school which to the movie theater, which was supposed to take an hour. I got there in 20 minutes. <laughs> and I had three cop cars behind me. I kid you not. <laughs> that's, Just that's because possible. I wanted to see this movie. Also, because my dad kept telling me, they're going in. They're going in. I got there. Nobody had moved. They were like, yeah, it's going to be another 30 minutes before we let you guys in. <laughs> My mother and I were so angry at him. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter because we got a chance to see Black Panther. And I had thoughts. I had some deep thoughts. Um, but, Lindley, I would like I would actually like you to go first on 
your your initial thoughts of Black Panther. You got to see it first. I did um, get to see it first. So what what when you walked out of that theater, mm-hmm. um, what were your initial thoughts of the movie? When I walked out of the theater, the only thing I could say to the person I went with was, that was so good. That was so good. Be- and I and I said this um, on my little Stardust review that I was just in awe of that movie. It and from everything from the story, it was a it was a simple story, but at the same time, it felt so deep and complex. And I just I cared about every single person that was on that screen, even the villain. Mm. Yeah, I think I honestly think Killmonger is Marvel's best villain since Loki. Mm-hmm. It's, I cared about every single one of the characters. I was blown away by just the look and the culture of Wakanda. It was just a fantastic movie. And I love that it stood on its own. You you don't need to see any other MCU movie Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. be invested all of the all of that other stuff comes in, you know, the after credits, which you everyone knows is already coming. It's it's just a great movie. I I yeah. I, I loved it. I was not expecting to love this movie as much as I did, but just looking back, thinking about it, I mean, even the score the score was its own character. Oh yeah. I just really love Black Panther. It's it was fantastic. I'm 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 very happy this movie is getting the recognition it is. It's getting the praise, getting the hype. It deserves it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I as soon as the movie was done, I looked over at my mom, my dad, and I didn't cry like I thought I would, but I felt empowered mm-hmm. and not just as a person of color not just as a black man because i i want to make this perfectly clear you can enjoy and be empowered by black panther and not be a person of color and i think that that right there mm-hmm. is a true testament to a movie that has a predominantly black audience. When you can break when you when you can bridge between races in your movie, I think that that right there, that's a really successful movie. Mm-hmm. When somebody, regardless of their race, can look at your movie and say, I know exactly what you're talking about, I understand and I agree. Um, I think that that is powerful. Um I loved I I loved I agree Lynn. I love the look of Wakanda. Um the soundtrack which is done by Kendrick Lamar. Um I'm shout still out to Kendrick. It. it is it is fantastic. Um what he does. And it, and you're right. It's like every like literally everybody has a theme song. And when it clicks in, you automatically you automatically feel, you automatically like know the tone of that entire scene and where it's going to go. Mhm. Um, 
I especially like the fact that um, I, I saw this on Twitter and, and guys, please don't believe everything that you see on Twitter about Black Panther. There's a lot of lies going around about it with saying like people are getting beaten up or that it's not um it's like it's 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 excluding people um or that it's misogynistic i know john campia who i have a problem with on at times um he he even said that he tried to make some sort of a, a comment about the lack of feminism within black panther and that the 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 dora um, who are Black Panther's uh, elite guard made of completely of women um, that they are subservient to him. I mean, let's let's just be clear. They're not subservient to him. Uh, no. Like by any means, like they serve the nation of Wakanda. They state that several times mm-hmm. in the movie. Um and they they prove that they're actually probably better fighters than he is, um, especially um, especially um, Okoye, uh, who is play I who plays her. Michonne on The Walking Dead. She was um, I, I, she, she I I want to see her and Wonder Woman throw down. <laughs> like yes. like I just want to see two badass women throw down just to see who is the better who is the better fighter. Because she was, um, she stole every scene she was in. Um, I get that Amazons are run for their money. But I will say, though, the one who stole my heart, she stole the scenes and my heart. My girl, Shuri. Yes! I, to see, to see this young black woman be like the scientific, like, I'm the scientific head of this nation. (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's like you, you don't see that you know you you're used to seeing like the cues you're used to seeing like old white guy being like the smartest person in the room and kind of weird and awkward um but she's cool as hell <laughs> um there's a lot i mean and it, and it does kind of ha- she does have some grown worthy jokes in the movie um there's just one and you'll you'll know it when you hear it um but she steals every single scene and um i would i would be i'd be very excited to see um what the future holds for her in within the mcu um lindley i i think i i completely agree with you you really don't have to know anything about any sort of marvel movie to understand black panther and that's where i think the strength lies it doesn't try to it's not the prequel to of infinity war Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like Thor. Which I was, I was Thor, worried about that. Yeah, well, and and rightfully so. I mean, out of all the movies, Infinity War is is your biggest, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, you trusted Black Panther enough to be like, no, we're going, we're we're going to make this our. We're we're going to put the, all the focus on Black Panther, and it's going to be great. And I think that was a, and I think that was a very smart idea. I think that's where the, I think that's where all the praise comes from, because you didn't alienate your audience to just hardcore Marvel fans. Like my mom loves the movie, and she has never, she's only seen the Incredible Hulk, like that's it. She's like, I have no interest in seeing Avengers. Like I only want to see Black Panther, 
And I was like, you can. The only part that she was confused about was uh, the Civil War references. Mm. That was it. And that's at the beginning. Mm. So if so if you are going to see Black Panther, if you've never seen Civil War, I mean, watch it. Cause you'll get you'll 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 understand it from like the very beginning of like what's going on, um. But you really don't need to. They do a great job of bringing you up to speed. Um. Uh, Avengers: uh, Age of Ultron. It explains like why Claw's hand is gone. But I mean, I can just explain it to you. It's just it's because Ultron ripped it off. <laughs> So there you go. Um, oh, but it also explains like where he got the vibranium, though. I didn't. I just thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, so there, so there are some really cool Easter eggs, but all in all, it stands on its own. Um, I'm not gonna tell you if there's an Infinity Stone in it. I'm not gonna tell you if the uh, mid credit or end credit scene relates to infinity war but what i will tell you is ryan coogler has proven that he is the hottest director in hollywood right now he's had three successful movies guys fruitvale station creed and black panther and to me he has done a job that i feel like tyler perry should have done Mm. Tyler Perry was on a much larger platform than any other black playwright, um, even more so than August Wilson, to be quite honest. And I think he's the greatest black playwright of all time. But I feel like Tyler Perry, on his platform, let his work become cliche and stereotypical. Mm -hmm. Ryan Coogler uses his platform have so many amazing quotes most of them from killmonger um i feel like i i completely agree Lenny. i feel like killmonger is definitely one of their strongest villains i i did like vulture a little bit more i did but but as as um one of the hosts of uh the negro justice league um one of our friends from there um, as he said, as he stated on Twitter, every time Killmonger spoke, I sat there and I was like, he's he's not wrong. <laughs> you know, I can't yeah. I can't disagree with him as a black American. It's like, nope. He's got a point like I would be mad, too. <laughs> um, But there's just oh, there's just so many, so many great moments in there. Um, so many great actors. Everybody does a great job. I don't think any, there's not a weak link throughout the entire movie. Um, nobody gets kind of pushed aside. Even, uh, uh, Bilbo Baggins <laughs> has his moment. Um, Smeagol has his moment. Um, I refuse to call them by their actual names. So I, I encourage you guys and I'm not going, we're not, this is, this is a film talk podcast. Okay, we we don't we're not we're not here to politicize or anything, even though we might let our values show up more often than not. Um, The country's going through a really dark time right now. And 
And I know when I left Black Panther, I was like, you know what? We can make it. We, we're going to be all right. Yeah. Um, they, like I said, Ryan Coogler uses his platform to deliver a very powerful message. And I encourage you to stay for the mid-credit scene, especially. Everyone needs um, to watch that mid-credit scene. Because that mid-credit scene was something that I had never seen in a Marvel movie before. And I thought it was different. And it works. And it was successful. Um, I mean, I thought they were going to go like an Iron Man route with it. But I was so glad that they didn't. I was so glad they didn't cheapen that moment and they made it something because they were like, because they, I know Ryan Kluger was like, listen, they're going, people are going to stay for the mid credits. Let's use it. So to answer, to answer my last question, right from the previous episode, uh, will Black Panther change the world? Oh yeah. (laughs) I think I'm pretty sure it, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, Again and again, not just for um, black actors, but I feel like for for everybody. Because let me tell you something, the Dora. Those are some badass women. You hear me? <laughs> like those were some bad ass women. And you know, to see that Jessica Jones, to see Wonder Woman. Listen. I don't think women have to worry too much more in Hollywood. I think their time is is a coming, and it's coming hard. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts. Um, Stephen hasn't gotten a chance to see the movie yet, so that's why Stephen is isn't getting a chance to speak. But I told him I was like, Stephen, you got to go watch the movie. Well, I do um, have thoughts. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'll probably see it <laughs> tomorrow. Yay. Um. But audience, uh, we've had a great time talking with you guys. It is actually very late for us. Um, so if it seems like we kind of burned through those last two topics very quickly, um, it's because it's 1.18 right now. And Papa's got to go to bed. Um, so. By Papa, he guys... means his dog. Yes, my dog, Papa. <laughs> I don't have a dog. I I'm just I'm just by myself. Um, <laughs> uh, but like I said, hopefully you guys have enjoyed listening to the show. If you have, um, please subscribe. Uh, please make sure that you rate, make sure that you like, make sure that you comment. Uh, let us know what you guys thought about Black Panther or any of these other trailers that we've that we've talked about. Um, I know I was kind of like a, a negative Nance about some of the uh, about some of the trailers. So if you disagree with me. Please let me know, because um, we can duke it out on that Twitter, though. <laughs> um, and there's actually several ways that you you guys can keep in touch with us. Uh, Steven, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can reach you? Uh, folks at home, you can find me on YouTube. Uh, ba- just type in Bailey's Film Workshop. Hit subscribe. If you see a teaser trailer there for Mountain of the Gods, you should just share that and share it with all your friends and have them see it and yeah you should totally do that <laughs> um you can also find me on twitter at bailey's workshop and lindley where can the folks at home reach you folks at home you can mostly find me on instagram at little lottie i'm also on facebook uh where i post a lot of my cosplay ventures at little lottie cosplay and again i am on stardust same screen name little lottie 
And of course, you can always reach me on my Twitter. Um, I've become obsessed with it anymore. Uh, you can find me at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Leroy, L-A-R-O-Y. You can also hit me up at Popcorn Prattle, P-O-P-C-R-O-N underscore Prattle, P-R-A-T-T-L-E. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on WordPress where we have amazing articles. You can find us on our YouTube, our Insta. Um, we are literally everywhere, so there is no excuse on why you cannot talk to us and have a wonderful conversation. Um, like Lindley said, there are there's a, still a little bit of time left for you guys to put in your votes for the Butter Bowl, um, which is our first annual award show, um, which we'll have that episode coming to you very, very soon. Um, make sure that you check out the link below um, in the description box. And if you would like to support us financially, because like I said, we want shirts, uh, you can always find us on Patreon, uh, where, again, we will be very, 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 very thankful to you. Um, and the more that you guys can donate to us and help us out, the better our show can become because we are very broke and we are we are keeping our show afloat. But we want to we want to we want to have a bigger and better show um, just for you guys because you guys deserve it. And I do believe that is everything. Lindley, Stephen, did I get everything? I think so. Uh, <laughs> I think so yeah. Oh, wonderful. Then folks at home. We leave you with this. From all of us to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Dance up.